pastors Larry and Tiz welcome you to another New Beginnings Church podcast. Go deeper into God's Word with practical messages and lifestyle studies that will equip, inspire, and encourage you in your relationship with Jesus. Get ready to be fit for life. When we get saved and when we become Christians, we are automatically put into the warfare. (laughs) Some people think it's just easy just to say, I'm saved and all that stuff, but it's not. It's probably the hardest thing that you have to do uh, being a Christian because everything tries to attack you, everything and everybody and everywhere you go. And so praise God, he gives us outlines or he gives us strategies um, to engage so today I'm going to talk about the secret to answered prayer because sometimes we say, I just can't get my prayers answered. I just keep praying. And, and you know what? Sometimes you have to. Sometimes you just have to enter in. You just have to pray, pray, pray. Stand when you've done all. Stand. Um, Psalm 90. I am going to have to put these on. <laughs> Psalm 91.15 says, he shall call upon me. Jack had these on yesterday. He was at our house. He had got fingerprints. <laughs> uh, he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. Prayer and prayer is a great opportunity, a privilege, and one of the greatest ministries available to all Christians. And it just baffles me sometimes that Christians don't pray. That all Christians don't pray, and it's like, how can you be a Christian and not to pray? Or how can you just? There's so much stuff bombarding us. Every single day of our lives, like I was telling somebody about our car, (laughs) that uh, we just have to pray because it's so easy for the devil to steal our joy. It's so easy, and sometimes our tempers are so quick, our attitudes are so quick that you fall right into it. So you have to really process and think and uh, just go, okay, uh, this is happening, but you know what? God, just help me. And sometimes it's not even calling on God to help you. It's the Holy Spirit, come on in and and calm me and give guide me and tell me what I need to do. Amen. So we need to uh, seek to learn how to pray effectively. God isn't only welcoming welcoming us to pray; He's waiting for us to pray and to ask Him to come in and help. And we forget that. Uh, like Pastor said at one point when everything was happening with he and his family, he actually had to stop and think that I need people partnering with me. I need some help because it's so easy for us to think we can just do all this stuff on our own. And and we can't because sometimes we don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to pray. We don't know what's next. And our mind is just racing and racing and racing and all these different things. And we just need to say, you know what, (laughs) God, come in and just take this over and help me learn what it is I need to do and help me learn how to keep my temper intact, my attitude intact, my words intact, help me do everything according to how you would want me to do it. And that really helps a whole lot. Or have somebody like me to say, hey, don't let the devil steal your joy. Oh, ye of little faith. That's what I was telling Scott the other day. <laughs> so you need to just uh, just hold on. Everything's going to work out. Pastor's favorite thing, everything works for our good. Amen. 
There's eight basic requirements scripture gives us for approaching God in prayer that brings us answers. Number one, come with uh, reverent submission. And sometimes we forget that we just need to submit ourselves to God's word, submit ourselves to what he has for us. And, and that opens up the gates of heaven to be able to come in. Hebrews 5, 7 tells us that Jesus was heard, he was heard from his father because he offered up prayers and petitions to the one who could save him from death with reverence and submission. Reverence submission is saying to the father, not my will, but your will be done. It's when we renounce or put aside our own will that it is that um, we get out of the deal or embrace the will of God for us. What is God's will for us in certain situations? We have to always be constantly thinking about that. An example that's used most all the time is Jesus in the garden when he was praying. But Jesus also gave us what to say when he gave us the outline to use, to use which is the Lord's Prayer. In it, he put, he put in it, your kingdom come, your will be done as it is in heaven. That's for us to understand. His will needs to be done for our prayers and things to be answered. And that's in Matthew 6, 9, and 10. When we come to God in prayer, we have to say, not what I want, God, not my will, but your will be done. If your will and God's will aren't in accord, <laughs> then uh, we need to change what we're thinking in order that, our, that his will be done. It deals with the old nature in us um, to want it my way. We all want everything our way. <laughs> but sometimes we need to say, okay, not my way, Lord, but your way be done. Because, you know, even in business and things, we have to be careful that we're just not trying to make things go our way all the time. But, okay, God, what are you going to have me do in this situation how should I proceed? Because sometimes um, you just get in your head, because especially if you went to school for something, oh, I got this, I know how to do this. Or, you know, it, or if you haven't been to school for it, you still think, I know how to do this thing. I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> and sometimes we need to realize, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> God, step in and help me. We have to rem remember that God loves us more than we love ourselves. And sometimes it's hard for us to love ourselves in certain situations. So we need to remember that. God understands us better than we understand ourselves. And God wants only the best for us. So when we keep thinking about those things, it's a lot easier for us to go, okay, God, I have no clue how to do this. And I felt like that when I was trying to change our insurance and I read, I actually read through the whole policies. I mean, it's like, how many people really read their policies? <laughs> I know I didn't. <laughs> but then when I started reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what this means. Oh my gosh, I don't have this in my insurance. <laughs> so it's like, we need to take time to really focus on the things that we need and say, God, I don't know. So just tell me what I should do. And boy, I begrudged reading through all that stuff but I was glad because when I started to go and change things I had a better understanding of what I needed for my home for our cars to get at, make sure everything was covered Romans 12 2 says the good and perfect will of God it's the good and perfect will that he wants for us when we have reverent submission we are becoming instruments for God to do what he wants to do his ability to answer our prayers go abundantly, immeasurably beyond 
all that we can ask or think, we have to come as Jesus came to his father. We just have to say, not my will, Father, in this situation, but your will be done. Even coming to church, because sometimes it's like, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do, do this. I don't want to get dressed. And it's like, okay, Father, not, not my will, but your will come to be around like-minded people to uh, uh, have our faith grow, be taught more. And every time you get taught, you might hear the same thing, and you always get something different out of it all the time. Even when you read his word and say, okay, I've read this a hundred times, and you read it again and go, oh, man, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I got this the last time I read it. <laughs> so it's, it's just amazing that we can just keep rereading it and everything, and it's, um, it gives us new revelation. Number two, have faith. Hebrews eleven six says, without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. That means we have to want to seek God in every single area of our lives. And sometimes we forget that, like um, doing yard work. <laughs> How can I seek God while I'm doing yard work? But sometimes it's just where you place things and just, you know, what you have to do for certain things. Because before I would just dig up the dirt and put plants in there and thinking and that's okay. But with the dirt we have here, you can't necessarily do that. We have a lot of clay and sand and I'm finding out. It's like, God, what do I actually have to do? Or what kind of plants do I get that will live in this stuff? <laughs> As Christians, we require to believe two things. God exists, and God rewards those who earnestly seek him. Having faith in God means we have a relationship. Nobody can make us have a relationship. We have to want to have a relationship with God. We must trust him in everything that we're doing, and everything he tells us, we have to put our trust in him. We have confidence in his character, not our own character, and hopefully, and, but with the Holy Spirit, he can change our character, but we have to have confidence in his and we believe he is reliable, that he'll answer our prayers, he'll guide us where we need to go and help us learn what we need to learn. And we believe God is good. And I remember Pastor saying, I think he even said it last week about um, the ministry he came out of, they never taught that God was good. So I can't even imagine growing up or being in a ministry where I wouldn't follow something that I wouldn't think was good or follow somebody that I wouldn't think was good, but... It just goes to show how easily we're swayed. <laughs> so we need to study for ourselves, right? Romans ten seventeen says, Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God. And that's a key verse for a life of prayer. Just keep studying, keep reading, because every time you read it, you'll get something different. Prayer is getting into an attitude and relationship where you know you will receive what you need when you ask him. That comes from hearing what God has to say. Anything else that doesn't agree with the Bible is not from God. And sometimes we have to remember that because people are always telling us, God didn't write this Bible. Man wrote the Bible. <laughs> and, uh, but you need to remember they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit knows the perfect will of God. And 
and it's like other people that write books. People that write books, sometimes they have to be anointed to write those books because some of the things that you read out of them, it's like, oh, my gosh, I would have never thought about that. Like I'm reading a bunch of Derek Prince's books, which is where I'm getting a lot of this information and things that Pastor has said. But Derek Prince, he was Jewish, and people don't even think about that. He lived over there. And... um, so he has kind of a different perspective on a lot of other people when he talks about spiritual warfare and the things that we need to do. That's why I, I went in his book, this one, I think I got it from The Secrets of a Prayer Warrior and uh, The Secret to Answer Prayer. And sometimes we forget there are secrets to getting our prayers answered. And sometimes we don't know what that is. So that's why I picked this one first. <laughs> um, 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence we have in his presence. If we ask anything that agrees or is in line with his will, he will hear us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever it is that we ask, then we know that he, we will have what we have asked him for, from him because it's his good pleasure to give us the kingdom. He wants to answer our prayers, but we have to be in alignment with his will to get our prayers answered. The Bible tells us that God is constantly looking for those people that he can bless. And how many times do we hear that? He's searching for people that he can bless. It's those that have a close relationship with him and know what to ask for according to his word. And we always know that uh, Jesus gave us that example in the desert with the enemy when he was coming against him, he didn't say anything to him except the, it is written. The scripture says, and the devil knows what it is, and he knows he can't stand against it. He knows he can't you know, fight against it because he has to also do the will of God. Even though we don't know all the time why God don't step in and just crush him. <laughs> Make it a whole lot easier for us, but he wants us to build our faith and, you know, and to be able to do it ourselves, which is, you know, why he sent Jesus, I believe, to see what it is, how we are. And uh, so he knew, uh, Jesus knew what he needed to help us with and, and remind God. So he, God don't want to do what he did to the Israelites at Sinai, just, you know, open the earth and swallow them up. <laughs> praying and then number three is praying in the name of Jesus praying in the name of Jesus works two ways in our asking and in God's giving John 16 23 and 24 says truly truly I say unto you if you ask the father anything in my name he will give it to you until now you have asked for nothing in my name ask and you will receive and I, I love that because it's like, okay, I ask all the time, God. But, but sometimes you forget, forget to say in Jesus' name. And sometimes you don't have to say in Jesus' name. You know, on the merits of what Jesus has done for me, we can just put all of that in there. And, it, and it, you know, and God loves to hear from us. When we pray in the name of Jesus, we are coming to the Father on the basis of what Jesus has done on our behalf. It's not what we need or what we have done or what we're trying to do. It's what Jesus has already done on our behalf. He didn't do that for anything else or anybody else but us. He didn't go through all that except for us. And because of that, we have the right of access to God. We know that his blood is covering us. He is always speaking to God in heaven on our behalf, constantly interceding for us, constantly. Jesus is our advocate in heaven. He speaks directly to God for us. I mean, what 
better lawyer, <laughs> spiritual lawyer that we have than Jesus up there advocating for us. And okay, this person needs us. And just think of how many people that he prays for and that he knows every single thing about each and every one of us and that he knows what we need. He knows everything. And I'm telling you, when I think about that, I'm like, thank you so much, Lord, because there's so much sometimes people need and sometimes we're overwhelmed. So we just say, Father, on the merits of what Jesus did because of the blood of Jesus that covers me, in the name of Jesus, help me. <laughs> sometimes we just need to do that. Just ask him for help. Approach, and the number four, approach God boldly. That means we have confidence in ourselves because of our relationship and what we know about God. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to, ha to help in time of need. So not only do we need to ask, we need to come boldly to the throne of grace and receive his mercy for us in the time of help, when we need help. And uh, sometimes we just, you know what, God, we're always in need of help. <laughs> and we are, really, and you think about it, we're always in need of him to direct us. We're always in need of him to, to tell us the right way to go or the things to do or how to relate to uh, other people. If we always, there's always something in our lives that we need help with, and we need to remind uh, God of that, remind him. He tells us to remind him, and, uh, and then we have to remember where we came from so we don't go back to that old man and, and just put, you know, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, God, help me right now. Dispatch your angels. Let them fight for me in the heavenlies. And sometimes I think we forget that in our asking, we can do that. He gives us, um, he gives us the power to dispatch the angels, to release them to go out for us. And I, when I found that out, I was like, oh, my gosh. That is awesome. When I think I, I just have to fight for myself, I don't have to. I can dispatch legions of angels, not only one, but legions to go out in the heavenlies and fight for me. Because really that's where the battle is. The battle is in the heavenlies. It's not necessarily always down here with us. It's in the heavenlies that we, and then they're fighting for us so that we get the messenger of God to come down and give us the answer that we need. Amen. So I, I love that. It's time for us to remember and in some cases realize that we're praying to the king. We're praying to the king of kings. We're praying to the Lord of lords. We're praying to the supreme ruler of the universe. There's nothing that he can't do. And sometimes we just have to realize that and remember that, okay, I'm saved so I can go to the Father because of what Jesus did for me and just really believe without wavering that he can do anything that he wants to do for us. And sometimes we forget that, that the power that God has, even though he created this universe, he created, I mean, he called us because we just don't become Christians on our own. <laughs> he calls us in. And at first I was like, no, I watched on TV uh, the preachers, and it just moves me. No, that doesn't happen normally or naturally. 
God has to call us by name to come into his family. And I, I just love that. just even think about that. God, you called me. So there's something that you see in me that I should be doing or I need to be doing. There's something you see in me that's special that you call me to be a part of your army. And when I, every time I remember that stuff, I was like, yeah, Father, you know, and, and you know what? And I'm not going to be moved. <laughs> and when we think about that, that's, I mean, it just, well, it just swells up inside of us that, you know what? No matter what, I don't care what comes. I don't care what people say. I am not changing what I believe in God. And I, I just think sometimes how people say they're atheists and go, how could you not believe in God? How could you not? I bet they're the first ones if something happened. They go, oh, God, help me. <laughs> they probably say things they don't even realize is not in their, you know, atheist religion. <laughs> Matthew twenty-eight eighteen says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And all authority has been given to Jesus in heaven and earth. And then he passed that on to us so that we have the authority here on earth. And we can, whatever we do in earth is done in heaven. And sometimes we forget that, that he tells us he passed the keys on to us so we have authority and we have dominion here on this earth to do what Jesus did. And I try so hard sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of you do too, it's like, you know what, Jesus did this, and the Bible says that I can do what Jesus did, and greater things I should be able to do. So I'm just going to put my faith out there, and I'm just going to call those things as though they are not, as though they were. And I'm like... Yeah, I can, I can actually do that. So uh, when we pray for people at the altar, when we just pray for people normally, I am expecting God's power to move and change that person, help that person, heal that person. I have no doubt that they'll be healed. But we can pray all day like that, but they have to believe it. Amen. Sometimes we pray, God, why didn't this happen? Well, it's not up to us. And, and something we can pray all day, all night, 24-7, like it says. But unless that person believes and receives, it won't happen. And sometimes we forget that, God, I prayed. I don't know why this didn't happen. Well, the other person has to believe, too, and accept it. And we, we miss that sometimes. We're praying to someone who has both authority and power to do what we ask for. And Pastor said, Sunday, we need to thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Without it, we might get what we deserve. And we don't want to get what we deserve. <laughs> God's grace goes beyond what we can earn or achieve on our, own, on our own efforts. And it's like, thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. But even though we have mercy and grace, we still have to grow. We still have to pursue God. We still have to study his word, dig deep in there. And sometimes, I mean, our dining room table is not even a dining room table anymore. I have to move everything off if we want to eat there because we have, Scott and I have books stacked up everywhere and papers for studying, you know, different out of different books and Bibles and, and all that. Sometimes it's like, yeah, you know. I want to know everything I can know and find out about God. I want to know every everything that I can find out on what he does, what he did. Reread the stories in the Bible. Really, they're not stories. They're, um, he puts them as stories, but they're uh, examples. And sometimes people read them as stories. Oh, that's just a story, Gideon. 
you know, uh, Daniel, you know, David and the lion, you know, all that. It's like, no, those are actual things that happen. And when we really look at that and believe that, um, it's like, yeah, these people were people just like us. They were not special. <laughs> but God anointed them to do certain things. Well, you know what? As Christians, he anoints us too. And so, and we have to believe that. We have to trust in that and just move in that knowing that we can do the same thing that these people in the Bible did. We can do it because we go to the Father and because of what Jesus did. I love thinking about that because it's like, man, they did all that, the women in the Bible, and, you know, and he used women. And a lot of times you hear uh, pastors and people say, you know, women just need to be quiet and sit and just, you know, listen to their husbands all the time. Sometimes we're with our husbands, so the husbands can hear from us, too, because God uses women to, to and give us wisdom on certain things. And a lot of times we're more in tune to the spirit than our husbands because they're so busy with business and everything. They don't always take the time to really listen because they're busy. Of course, we're busy too. Of course, women can do three and four and five things at a time. <laughs> and, but we t- tend to plug in more to, the, to God and what the Bible says. Then, of course, we need to ask God for mercy along with having faith. Faith alone is not going to get things done, even though we'd love to think that. As Christians, we sometimes forget that we still need God's mercy. Because sometimes as Christians, we think we're saved, I'm good, I don't need any mercy from God because I'm walking the straight and narrow path. Sometimes pastor says, people say, I've been in the way a long time. But yeah, you've been in the way and you forgot about needing God's mercy. (laughs) Circumstances happen to us when we don't know what to do about it. That's when we need God's mercy. Not to look at the, that we need the mercy not to look at the circumstances. Because when we look at the circumstances, it can skew the way we see things. It puts different thoughts in our minds about the circumstances. So we need his mercy to help us look over the circumstances and tap into what he said in his word about about us and about the situations. And that's called the need. When we need that mercy, that's called the need. God, at that moment of need and mercy, he invites us to come. Come to him to ask for help. We can come boldly to the throne of grace and confidence and assurance that our prayers will be answered also because of the blood of Jesus. So we have God's grace, we have his mercy, and to top it all off, we have the blood of Jesus. That powerful blood, that pure blood has been shed for us and speaks on our behalf when we don't know exactly how to pray. The blood speaks for us when we don't know how to pray. The scripture mentioned there uh, before in Hebrews 4, 16 has the words, let us, let us. That indicates that we sometimes need to come together with like-minded people corporately as a body of believers to get the prayers we need answered. And I brought this in because we do have corporate prayer. And I think sometimes people forget that we have corporate prayer. And if you know when the times of corporate prayer is, it doesn't mean you have to be here, you know, in person. Wherever you are, you can stop and pray during the corporate prayer times. And you're still joined together in prayer. And that's uh, on Sundays at 830 before these classes and every second Saturday of the month in the in the lobby. And I tell people all the time 
that you don't have to be here, but at these times, commit yourselves to prayer because you're still in corporate prayer even though you're not here in person, amen? Along with uh, that, that's why at, at here we have a corporate prayer because pastor and tis are avid prayers. They're in prayer all the time. We've learned long ago, Scott and I have been with them for 30 years, going on 31 years. I think we're probably the oldest family here <laughs> that's been around them. So we know them pretty well. But they are avid prayers. They pray for the congregation. They pray for the na- They pray for everything. And you know they had to be plugged into prayer to get through the things that they had to go through as a family. And sometimes we have to examine ourselves. Well, why are we going through all this? But pastor had to realize, and he says that. He realized that he can't do it on his own, that he needed everybody praying for him, everybody. So when I pray for people, I pray for those around, all the Christians around the world and everything so that we cover all Christians everywhere. And hopefully all of them are praying. Uh, Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard wickedness in my heart, the Lord will not hear. And regard wickedness simply means that I'm conscious of something that condemns me, something that I've had done in my past, uh, something that somebody said that I took to heart. Um, and, the, and the devil comes to remind us of that all the time, that flaw that we're trying to pray and get answered from God. It's something that we've done or that we're hiding and the Bible always tells us you can't hide anything from God. You can't hide anything. But as people, we sometimes still try to do it. Um, it's something that we haven't dealt with and we need to confess our faults, not necessarily to anybody else, but to God. And if we confess if we confessed it and it's still not happening, we still, um, feel condemned or unworthy. We just haven't received from God what he has for us, or, uh, we haven't claimed God's forget forgiveness over us. So we need to make sure not only are we forgiving other people that have done something to us, we're forgiving ourselves for our shortcomings, for things we might have said to somebody. Because sometimes when you put that out there, you can't grab it and get it back. So you have to ask God's forgiveness. We have to come through all of that. And I'm going to jump down. Um, Romans 8, 1 says, therefore, there is now, right now, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So if you're holding on anything, pastor did a thing in church one time where he walked around with weights on, you know, and that's condemnation. That's sin that we hold on to. And we just need to drop that stuff off and say, God, you said I'm free. I am free and I am not carrying that stuff anymore. And just forgive whoever did something to you. If you let somebody borrow money if they said something bad about you, if they hurt your feelings, just leave it to God because he said he's the one who gets a revenge we don't need to. <laughs> so we need to remember that. Number five, oh, I keep trying to get them all in. Number five, we need to have the right motive. We must pray with the right motive. God searches the thoughts and hearts and intents of our hearts. And he, dis- he discerns our motives. So we can't hide our motives when we pray from God. And we need to remember that God can see everything. He knows what we're thinking, whether we're saying words that sound like we're praying the right thing. He looks in our hearts and he knows what we're praying about. Uh, he isn't only concerned merely with what we ask for when we pray, but he's concerned as why we want it. And I think about that and I'm like, man, 
God, you know why we want it. Why do we have to go through all that? (laughs) But he wants us to depend on him. That's why. Not just on our own. James 4, 2 and 3 says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives so that you may spend it on your own pleasures. If our prayers are self-centered, then our motives are wrong. What is, it, what is the right motive? Jesus tells us in John fourteen thirteen, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. The right motive for everything that we do as Christians or as people should be, whatever we're doing is glorifying God. If something's going on in your relationship, you need to figure out what to do so your relationship is glorifying God. And, and, and when we do that, it's a lot easier to think, yeah, God, I'm trying to do everything that you told me to do. So I know my prayers are going to be answered. I have the right motive. I'm, I'm speaking your word. I'm standing boldly on what Jesus did for me and uh, what you sent him to do. And, uh, and so now I, I know I'm on the right path. So I know my answer is coming. Uh, number seven is, uh, oh, I think I've skipped number six. Number six, forgive those who have hurt you. And how many, there's so many people that hurt us and sometimes um, we hold on to that and they're gone about their business not even realizing sometimes that they hurt our feelings, but they did and so we hold on to it. Well, that's a weight. That's a weight and we just, you know what? Like they say, brush it off and keep on moving because God has something special for you God will uh, take care of your debt forgive us our debts or trespasses as we forgive our debtors those that have trespassed against us in other words forgive us as we forgive others and that's what the word says when we forgive others we will be forgiven Uh, this is very important for receiving answers to our prayers forgiveness unforgiveness is the most common source of blockage and frustration in the spiritual life, and of failure to receive answers to prayer. Unforgiveness. It also brings about sickness in people, and sometimes we forgive that. When you hold unforgiveness, it stirs up in you, your body, stress and anxiety and all that, and then you get sick You get sick from a lot of different things from unforgiveness. Jesus has limited us to asking God for forgiveness only in the proportion that we forgive others, and he set it up that way. Before you and I pray, we must forgive. Number seven, be directed by the Holy Spirit. And I love this one because I'm all about the Holy Spirit. Come in, take control, do whatever you have to do to set me on the right path. Romans 8, 14 says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. We need to be led. Paul tells us we need to be led regularly by the Holy Spirit in our Christian life. Verse 26 and 27 of Romans 8 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses or infirmities, for we do not know what we should pray for as we are, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the, what the mind of the Spirit is, because... He, the Spirit, makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when we don't think we're in the will of God or maybe we're not in the will of God, when we ask the Holy Spirit to come in to lead me, to guide me, 
I already know he's praying the will of God over my life. Whether I'm praying it or not, he's praying it. And that's why it's so important to have our uh, special prayer language because it says he has intercession for us with groanings that we cannot, that can't be uttered. The, the um, language that we have is from God. And it's the Holy Spirit praying through our spirit. And he's praying the, uh, the will of God. Because he's up there. He knows exactly what God wants. He knows exactly what we need. So he's praying exactly the perfect prayer that we need to be praying to God. And I believe God really uh, knows that. So that's our weakness. An inability to know what to pray for as we should or how to ask for it. But the Holy Spirit knows everything. He knows what God wants. And he's ready to stand in the gap for us and pray according to God's word, according to God's will over us so we get our prayers answered. Psalm 81.10 says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. So when you ask for the Holy Spirit to come in and give you your uh, heavenly language, just open your mouth and let the Holy Spirit fill it. So you have uh, a language that you can tap into when you don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, confusion comes in, and you don't know what to say in our regular English language, just open your mouth and start praying in tongues because it's the perfect will of God for you at that specific moment, and it's the, the, uh, not only the will of God, but it's the perfect prayer. Uh, the Song of Solomon 5.2 says, I sleep, but my heart is awake. So we can pray, be praying while we're sleeping. And I read that, I'm like, What? Because you go to sleep, you don't think you're doing anything except sleeping. But the Holy Spirit is, is waiting and longing for us to pray. And even when we're asleep, he's still praying. Our spirit is still praying. And I'm like, okay, I guess I, I like that, that I can sleep and that my spirit is still praying. <laughs> and why wouldn't it be? Because it's connected to God. Sometimes we forget that. Number eight, I'm going to get them in, I think. <laughs> Ask according to God's word. When we are praying and are led by the spirit, we know we are praying the will of God. We also know that the will of God is found in the word of God. Sometimes we go, I just don't know what God's will is for me. Read the Bible. <laughs> when you read the word, you'll find out what his will is for. He tells us with his divine promises. That's why he gives us the promises. That's his will for us. And it's like how he says he will bless us and what he promises for us. Um, he doesn't never promise anything that isn't his will. So when we read about his promises, we read about the blessings he's pouring out upon us. We need to remember that's God's will for us to live in beautiful houses, to have great jobs and be able to take care of ourselves. So uh, living so we don't have to worry about what we're going to eat, where we're going to go, uh, what kind of clothes we need to have and everything. The Bible says, his promise says he will give us all that. He wants us to first go to his word, tap into the Holy Spirit so we're not frustrated and full of anxiety and worry. Why would we have to worry when he says he'll take care of us? I like to say when it says um, the birds of the air, he takes care of them. They don't think about what they're going to eat or where they're going to go. And I think about that, yeah, but they're animals, God. I, I have to worry about where I'm going <laughs> and everything. But when you really look at that, what he's telling us, they don't worry. So like them, 
You need to be like that and not to worry because I am covering you. The blood of Jesus is covering you. I am telling you what my promises are, what my uh, blessings are for you. So you do not worry and about the things that you have no control over. Amen. Uh, nothing can stand. God, praying God's word is the greatest secret that clinches or solidifies our life of prayer. Nothing can stand against or penetrate the word of God. And we need to remember that. That's why we pray the word of God. Here at New Beginnings, we don't pray, you know, prayers about anything else. We pray the word of God because we know um, when we pray the word, it brings God's creative power and his ability to me and you. When we pray his word, it brings his power and ability to us. And I'm like, I love that. Psalms 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and all the hosts of them by the breath or spirit of his mouth. He created it with his mouth. When we open our mouth and pray, he takes that in, and he changes it all around, and he prays and speaks the truth over us. He speaks his will over us. Luke 1, 37 says, For with God nothing is impossible. And sometimes we're overwhelmed with things. Another translation for that says, no word of God shall be without power. So not one word of God that is spoken over us, for us, to us is without power. Amen. And I'm so happy I got through it. I skipped a lot though. (laughs) This is our secret to effective prayer, answer prayer, and being a prayer warrior. All those eight things, make sure you uh, remember them, go in your Bible and uh, read about them, study them, because that is how we get our prayers answered. And uh, next week, Pastor Wanderson is going to be teaching, and then I'm going to come back with another secret uh, to getting our, uh, for spiritual warfare, because it is so important that we realize that we are at war, no matter what is going on in the world. And we see it, and it's disastrous, and it's horrible, but we are at war. And we need to realize that God has us covered. The blood of Jesus is covering us. And even though some things happen to us, it comes on the just and the unjust, God has an answer for it. He is protecting us. He's with us. He is guiding us where we should go. He is telling us what we need to do. We just have to do our part and partner with him. Amen.